Jack Campbell returns to form. Mitch Marner was a beautician out on the ice. And we got a trade to talk about in the NHL today. That's what's in store on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey folks, welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive, uh, also from TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. With me, my permanent co-host of the show. If you missed any of the shows last week, we introduced him as the new permanent co-host of the show. It's my man, Dave Morisui from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. And just a reminder that this is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe to the show for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can now check us out on YouTube. That's right. You can check us out on YouTube, and I don't personally have a great backdrop today. Uh, and my I have a hat head. Just realized I have some serious hat head. I was wearing my team owl dog hat earlier today when I was on overdrive, and now I have some hair sticking up. So you can go to YouTube if you want to check Check out some hat head that I got going on. But uh, hopefully, you know, go for the hat head, stay for the Leafs talks, uh, the Leafs takes rather. And uh, that's what we're going to get to here today as the Maple Leafs uh, win. They, they, they get the victory over Seattle. They end their West Coast trip on a winning note, picked up a full two points. Um, Dave, 6-2 final. I don't think it was it, – to me, it was certainly the worst outing of the three West Coast trips um, between them, Calgary, and Vancouver. But pick up the full two points, and I think a couple of main storylines that, that we'll get to is Jack Campbell seemed to have one of his better games that he'd had in a while, and Mitch Marner continues to dazzle. Yeah, you can tell this was clearly one where the Leafs were like, we just want to we just want to get back at home. And, you know, it, it's funny because it's like it's their first time in Seattle. So you thought they'd be a little maybe excited to play in a new, new, you know, new venue, new, new team. And, you know, an opponent that maybe you don't you underestimate a little bit. And maybe that's what happened there where they they kind of didn't play up to their capabilities. But, I mean, they still got the, the result. And I guess at the end of the day, that's probably more important than, you know, Considering what happened the last two games, where they looked like they were so, the better team, but then didn't come away with the win, so you'll take the you'll take the two points at this rate. Yeah, I, I think what we saw happen too in, in tonight's game is Toronto. They chased Philip Grubauer early. They they were really firing on all cylinders to kind of start the game. They started on time. Great opening twenty minutes. They ended up with three goals on eleven shots. Um, it took a three one lead into the intermission, and then. I think they just decided at that point, why don't we just make sure that we lock things down? And they got a little defensive. And when they got defensive, they didn't keep their foot on the pedal. And it somewhat allowed Seattle to actually get back into that game in a way. And, and not so much where their lead was ever really threatened. They, they held a two or three goal lead through the entire game. But where Jack Campbell was forced to step up and make some, some big saves. I mean, he had to make a couple of quality saves uh, tonight. I could think of, that one that he made, let me see, I, I took a couple of notes here. 
well, the one that he made on Appleton with about two and a half seconds left in that second period, like that's a clutch save, right? That's you never want to allow a goal at the end of the period with two seconds left at that. And to be able to kind of take that lead into the intermission as opposed to having the lead cut in half on you is certainly a big save that you needed from Jack Campbell, that that great stop on Jonas Donskoy late in the game as well. You know, he made a couple of big, big stops tonight. Um, and it was really good to see Jack Campbell on on a night where the offense was getting goals on the other end. Uh, he was also supporting it with some good goaltending as well. And he was just stellar. I thought that this was his best game he's played in a while. Yeah, and you know what? Like, yeah, you mentioned that goal, um, the, the goal that he stopped or the save he made at the end of the second period. Like, we know how Jack Campbell's been battling his struggles, right? And the last thing he wants is doubts going into that third period where, right. you know, you, you don't want to give Seattle any idea that they can come back because guess what? A lot of teams, when they go up against the Leafs, probably have the belief that they can come back because the Leafs have had a hard time locking down leads. You know, I'm sure a 3-1 lead didn't sit well with some Leafs fans <laughs> who were thinking about what happened, you know, not too long ago. Weirdly, and- weirdly, I never had that. I did not have that thought. When they were up 3-1, I was like, I feel good. I feel comfortable. I don't know if it's just because it was against Seattle, who's I, it's not a very good team. I I had I had full full faith that they were going to be able to pull that game out, and they obviously did. Six two final was a pretty convincing final there, but I, I was surprised. I mean, if you just look at at the numbers and the analytics, Seattle they they carried possession, which you don't see happen very often against the Toronto team. They carried, uh, you know, the shot share, which doesn't happen very often against the Toronto team. And and that's why I think I was, you know, I, I look at it and I say Jack Campbell had to kind of, not that he stood on his head, because at the least, although they gave them a lot of zone time and gave him a lot of opportunities in the Leafs end, they didn't give him much in terms of quality chances. I think they only had like two or three like high danger chances in the entire game. They kept everything to the perimeter, everything to the outside. If you want to fling the puck around around the perimeter and, you know, take shots from the top of the circle, go ahead, do the go, go ahead. You know, and the Maple Leafs, they were doing a pretty good job too of getting in, in shooting lanes, passing lanes. They were blocking a lot of shots tonight. Overall, um, you know, I, I think that it was, it was a good defensive effort despite what you look at the, the possession numbers, good defensive effort, which you really is nice to see because, you know, Jack Campbell, as much as you look at his numbers and how poor they've been the last couple of months, a lot of that you can attribute to, to, to poor defense in front of him for a large number of those starts. You can't really say much of that today. You know, there, there was a couple of chances and he came up big in those, but for the most part, I thought that the defensive core and, and the team once they got to that three-one lead, they kind of bought in and they just collapsed and didn't allow uh, didn't allow Seattle to to do much of anything except hang on to the puck and shoot from a distance. I think also the important part here is that you know when you give when you give up so many you take so many penalties, right? You know, yeah. Seattle had four power play opportunities. Like that's usually in a game like that. You know, even if. The Leafs were doing all right at five on five, or Seattle felt they had the advantage of five on five. Probably gives them a little bit of a boost, but fortunately for the Leafs, they kind of, you know, they locked things down. They made sure that that wasn't going to be the thing that took away from, you know, a pretty decent effort. You know, they, I think, yeah, the most impressive part was 
you know, 21 block shots, right? They outblocked the the Kraken, which I, I found that to be a little um, a little surprising. And I, I think maybe where you know the Leafs were the sloppiness showed is they they had 14 giveaways to Seattle yeah. six. Like they that first goal in uh, that Seattle score that that was just what's Willie doing there, buds? What what's Willie doing there? I, I you know it's 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 just it's really bad luck that it went off of the referee and it allowed them to kind of scoop the puck up and go in like that. But I mean, I, I know what he was trying to do. I'm just, he's just trying to cycle it back, have the defender pick up the puck behind the net and then just kind of hold, sit there, wait and allow a full line change to occur. Like I'm assuming that was the thought process of William Nylander, but he had already made the move to get around the defender, literally take three strides, skate over center ice, dump the puck in, go off for a change. I'm not sure why he felt the need to try and cycle it back around to try and get it to his defenseman when he could have made the smart play and gone up ice and dumped it in and still gotten the same change. And obviously, you know, you watch the game and the puck goes off for the official and, you know, they, they go, they scoop it up and they bring it in and Bob's your uncle. They, they get on the board with their first goal of the hockey game. So, it was uh, it was definitely a, a a play that you don't like to see. But even if you go a little bit further in that play, like Justin Hall had a chance to clear the puck and didn't do it, right? And that was on a play where they had just sustained pressure. And it was, you know, I think Muzzin was on the ice for a minute 40 in that shift. And Nylander had a good amount of time on, on the ice on that shift and just unable to get it out. And then they finally made a stupid play. And, uh, you know, luckily it didn't cost them, obviously, but they came back and, and retook the lead pretty quickly on a pretty subpar goal by Michael Bunting. But, hey, you'll take that if you're Bunting. But Grubauer was not very good tonight, I thought, either. No, he's he's not had a very good year for Seattle. I think, you know, no. that was supposed to be the one thing that, you know, you look at what Flurry did for the Golden Knights in the expansion year. I mean, Seattle thought, okay, if we can get a really good goaltender in Grubauer, who, yeah, he did well in Colorado, but that's also Colorado. It's not, you know, it's not Seattle. It's not an expansion team. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think this just shows that mm, he hasn't worked out so far, and that's a, that's a lengthy commitment they have to him. Um, and I, I credit to the Leafs. They, you know, they took advantage of a, goal, of a goaltender that just what, didn't have it. And after what they went through the last two games with Markstrom and Demko, I think you know the the players were probably feeling yeah. like thank thank God we got got a little you know we finally didn't get a Dominic Hasek three point you know another yeah player. yeah and I, I think like what what I was trying to preach on on Leafs launch after like all, all day today um, after the 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 loss to Vancouver is just. Listen, they, they played well in Vancouver. They played well in Calgary. Keep at it. You keep playing your game. Uh, you're going to win because if you keep putting up 48, 46 shots, you know, there's not too many goaltenders like Markstrom and like Demko who can steer aside each and every one of those. You know what I mean? And, and finally they got up against the goalie who's not having a good season, who's not stopping pucks left, right, and center, and they were able to squeak three by him after the first period. And then from there, they're up 3-1, and they just kind of coast. They can coast from there, lock it down, play sound defensively, and that's 
pretty much, I think, what we saw throughout the rest of the game. They had their chances. They scored a couple more goals on the power play as well. Um, all in all, like I think it was a fine game. It wasn't necessarily one that I think they're going to be overly pleased with. You know, there's a lot that I think they could clean up there. You talked about the turnovers already. But um, all in all, I think they're happy that they pick up the two points and uh, will now be coming back home to Toronto to a 50% capacity stadium. As of this morning, it sounds like uh, starting on Thursday, which is the game against Pittsburgh, they're going to be kicking it up to 50% capacity. So a little bit earlier than uh, they anticipated. So good news, I think, for Toronto fans who are hoping to uh, to go and check Crosby in the flesh. But why don't we take a quick break, uh, and when we get back here, we can do our three stars of tonight's game. But before we do, Dave, why don't you tell us about today's show sponsor? Yeah, so we're going to talk about our good friends, Primal Origin Oils, the beard product that will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. And if you're watching us on YouTube, Mike and I got a, you know, got some got some nice beards going here. I actually trimmed mine just a little bit because it was getting a little, little much. So I do like to take care of my beard. And the thing about Primal Origin Oils is that they are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and they have a low impact on our planet. So we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. So use the code locked on at the checkout to get your 20%. And I think I need to replenish some of my, my beard products. I don't get a lot of beard products, but I do get something to kind of help with the itch. So I think I will be placing an order at primaloriginsoils.com. Oh, heck yeah. Get that 20% off. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, co-host of Locked On Leafs. Joining me is Dave Morissuti, my other co-host here of Locked On Leafs. And if you haven't already, uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast for daily Leafs content Monday through Friday. We're giving you new episodes each weekday. And now you can check us out also on YouTube. So go check it out on YouTube, Locked on Leafs. Dave, what do we do for our YouTube friends? The awkward wave. We give the awkward wave. And we do it way longer than we should. We're still doing it. Okay, let's stop. (laughs) Uh, Maple Leafs with a 6-2 victory tonight over the Seattle Kraken, the first game against the Seattle Kraken. So Toronto undefeated in Seattle, undefeated. They've never lost a game to Seattle. That's exactly the way I like it. They are just, they're cracking killers. They're cracking killers. Um, All right, let's get to our three stars of tonight's game. You can tell I'm getting a little delirious. It's like past midnight at the time of, of recording the show. A little off the rails, but uh, why don't we go to our three stars of the game as we do after every Leafs game. Um, why don't you start with your third star, Dave? Um, I'm going to go with our boy, John Tavares. Mm. Uh, you know, he didn't have the biggest night in terms of the point sheet, uh, but he should have had a goal tonight. I don't know, late in the game there, he hit the post. Luckily, they still got the goal with uh, Muzzin. Blasting one from the point there. But, uh, you know, 79% on the draws. I felt like he was an animal tonight. 
yeah, you know, the Nylander goal didn't do so well for him, but they were able to kind of pick things up. He had a sweet assist on the Kerfoot goal. You know, without that setup, I don't think Kerfoot ends the Schneid, his little uh, streak there. And I think it's an important effort for that line because they have not looked great lately. So I'm going to give it to uh, JT as my third star. Yeah, that, that that line has not had much production as of late. I think uh, Nylander, uh, technically neither of them ended their goal streak, but both of them not product. That line as a whole that has not been productive at five on five in the last calendar month. And they end up getting two goals tonight, uh, one from Kerfoot, and then late in the game, Jake Muzzin, who's – they propelled that goal to happen. It was them who kind of, you know, produced the forecheck and got the loose pucks and uh, abled – Jake Muzzin to get the shot off uh, on net. And so, you know, I, I also had just the second line in general as my third star of the game. So we're thinking on the same wavelength there. But since you did that, let me let me go differently here. Why don't I go with the special teams? Um, the power play went two for two tonight, which, I mean, this Leafs power play is just disgusting. They were literally treating the Seattle Kraken's PK unit like they were a peewee hockey team. Like, they just moving the puck around at will, no matter. First unit, second unit, they did whatever the hell they wanted on the power play. Went two for two. And then scored a, a beautiful penalty uh, goal shorthanded. Mitch Marner, I'll, I'll get to it in a sec, I guess. But, man, was that ever a beautiful play that he made to kind of break up the puck and poke it past the defender, get his ass going on the breakaway and then had the wherewithal to notice that he had a trailer and David camp with him, made a move to his backhand. Looks like he was going to make a move and then oh, drop back pass for David camp to come and just stuff it right into the open cage. Honestly, just such a great, great play, which we'll, we'll get into it, I guess a little bit uh, later in my three stars, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But, um, Overall, you know, really good penalty kill. I know they, they did allow the one goal on the PK, but overall, um, you know, special teams, when you can get three goals on special teams, you end up in the plus two column in the uh, special teams goal column. I think that's usually you're going to win those games. So shout out to the special teams, third star of the game. Uh, second star. Um, I was thinking a little bit about this one. I'm going to give it to uh, Timothy Lilligren. You know, there's been some chatter about what these guys are going to be able to do and can they, you know, and Sheldon Keefe talked a lot about him today, you know, his development, him and Sandy. Two apples tonight, and he mm -hmm. played 18-15. That's, that's a sizable ice time for, you know, for a defense like him, play 45 seconds shorthand, and not a lot, but still getting some shorthand time. But I think the important thing is that, you know he was not on the ice for any for a lot of mis you know any mistakes and he he's showing his offensive flair a little bit too. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but about midway through the third period, we did see Sheldon Keefe take out the blender in the in the defensive pairings, and he ended up alongside Jake Muzzin for the back half of that third period, and we had G uh, Rasmus Sandin and Justin Hall together in the hmm. third period. So I'll be curious to see if those are going to be the pairings going forward. And if they try that on Thursday night when they take on Pittsburgh, but um, you know, I, I, I think that actually Lilligren did have a good game. He was one, one of the guys who stood out a little bit to me as well. So I'm glad that you gave him a bit of a shout out because he didn't make my list, but as my second star, I, I'm going to give it to Jack Campbell. 
You know, I think Jack Campbell deserves to be a, a one of the stars in tonight's game. Um, stopped 23 of 25 shots. And I already talked about some of the big saves that he made, but it's just the timely saves. You know, when you're trying to hold a lead and in the past two months, you just haven't got that timely save from Jack Campbell. And tonight he came up big, you know, a couple of big stops, glove saves coming up, you know, with his chest up big, up tall, able to, you know, make those point blank saves. And so I thought that Jack Campbell, you know, he, he came to play tonight and it's a big reason why they walked away with two points, especially as Seattle's pressing there in the third period. Um, so Jack Campbell going to give my him my second star of the game. Uh, number one star, Dave, who are you giving it to? I mean, we got to get to the guy who had a milestone tonight, Mitchie Marner. That's right. Uh, you know, getting goal, two assists. You know, I know he kind of cost you a little bit on the on the on the shot total there. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, <laughs> placed a bit of a placed a wager at BetOnline.net, and it was two and a half shots the over. He he has five shots. Yeah, five plus shots in six of his last seven games. Finished with two shots tonight, Dave. If he would have taken a shot instead of that drop back pass to camp, he would have had three. He would have had three. So upset about that. But he was probably the best Maple Leaf out there on the ice. And it was a really sweet play that he made. So I guess, I guess I can let it go. But uh, it hurts. It hurts. Next time. But for Mitch, we'll allow it. I'm just going to say, if you're going to do something like that, at least make sure you make up for it and you get a shot later in the game so you can make my my wager go through. I would like to win money. I mean, I did, so I, I'm happy about that. Yeah, good, for you, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> one of us won, Mike. At least one of us can be happy tonight. Okay. Well, we're both happy because at least one. So one of us gets to really enjoy it. Yeah. But no, Mitch was Mitch was fantastic. Yeah, he, he was great tonight. Um uh, did you mention his 400th point tonight? Yeah. Milestone night for Mitch Marner. Uh, the fifth fastest Maple Leaf to get there, tied with Rick Vive. Ricky Ooh. Vive. Ooh, so yeah. pretty good company for uh, for Mitch Marner there. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the drop back pass to me is like highlight of the night material. I, I just I, – I, you know what it is about it? It's the confidence that, that he – like. And the fact that he's been scoring recently allows him to make these plays, right? Like, Drieger was the goaltender at the time. Yeah, He thought he was shooting that puck because Definitely. he's actually shooting it now. Whereas before, I don't know if he makes that play. But now he's got so much confidence and bravado, and he goes in one-on-one with the goaltender. And, you know, Drieger's like, okay, he's got to be shooting it. He's been doing nothing but shooting for the last month now, and he's a goal-scoring machine, and he makes one move to the backhand, and Drieger's like, uh-oh, got to make that stop, and he gets him going to the one side, and then he just pops it, boop, drop pass, camp, coming right down, easy, easy, wide open cage, right into the back of the net. Oh, it was just such a pretty, pretty play. It's just pure confidence, like pure confidence of Mitch Marner, where he's like, yeah, I could score, but I also know that I can deke this goalie out, fake him out, make him look silly as hell, and get my buddy Camp for a nice, uh, a nice shorty tonight. Let's go with that. I see him do that with the with the London Knights. Like that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, he's done yeah. it with Christian Dvorak 
chilling behind him. I, I saw that almost identical play before. Uh, it's just this one. You don't usually see it at the NHL level. That's that's the other thing. He's he's doing things that you don't, you know. I, you're definitely right. He has the confidence and goaltenders have to second guess him. But, like, to see him do things like that shows that Marner's just having fun out there. Like, yeah. that's the Marner that thrives. is the one that's got the Mountain Dew energy as they uh, hopefully had some Mountain Dew. I don't know how Seattle supply of Mountain Dew is. Hopefully Mitch got his due. Yeah, fun, fun and confidence, man. Fun and confident. That's what Mitch Marner is right now. Um, confident in my sports wagering, meh. Am I having fun? Yes, I am. And I'm doing that all over at betonline.net. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pros and college hoops. So is the hockey season. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next uh, coach is going to get fired or where he's going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sport betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use uh, your – or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked on Lease podcast. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano, host of the Locked on Lease, alongside my co-host Dave Morissuti, Maple Leafs, with a 6-2 victory over the Seattle Kraken, taking two points out of a possible six on the Western road trip, uh, which is a little unfortunate. I think that they earned more than two points with their performances in in, uh, the first and second game against Calgary and Vancouver, but... On a night where maybe they didn't quite earn a full two points, they get it anyway. You know, what goes around comes around, I suppose. Uh, but 6-2 six, six is the final. They'll take it. And uh, we kind of put a wrap on that conversation for the Maple Leafs tonight. Next game, they'll be heading out, uh, heading back to Toronto. They'll be taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins in front of a 50% capacity stadium. Excited. Excited. We're close. We're close to full bodies in the stands, and Dave, when that happens, we're gonna have to try and get out there and get to a game. We gotta. Oh yeah, I've been to one game. I've been to one game this year. I definitely want to be back. These leaves are definitely worth the price of admission. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, maybe we can try and get in as uh, you know part of lockdown leaves. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, we'll have our people call their people, and we'll see if we can set set something up. Uh, Dave, we're gonna uh, go a little bit off off Leafs for a moment. We can round it back into Leafs chat, but uh, we had a massive, a big trade, I would say, in the NHL today. Um, so trade season officially upon us, question mark. Tyler Toffoli, uh, I guess you could call him the first domino to fall in the 2022 NHL trade deadline season. He is off to Calgary for a first round pick, a fifth round pick, a prospect, and uh, Tyler Pitlick. So, the Habs getting a decent haul for uh, Tyler Toffoli, a 30-goal scorer who's got two more years left on his deal at a respectable $4.25 million rate. But I, I guess my first question to you is, is how do you like this move from a Calgary perspective? And does this make Calgary Cup contenders? Does this push Calgary ahead of Toronto in terms of 
Canadian contenders? What do you think here? Yeah, I've been th- I've been thinking about that today because a lot of people have kind of liked what Calgary has been doing. I think the first thing for Calgary is they get ahead of a lot of people by doing this move now, right? Yeah. You know, Brad Living basically said we didn't want him going anywhere else. Like that's as a GM, that's being very proactive. And the earlier you get a player like Toffoli into the fold, I mean Toffoli's played for Sutter, Daryl Sutter before, so this is like a match made for him. And he's got some buddies in Calgary, too, that he used to play with. You know, Milan Lucic being one of them. So, yeah, I like the move I like the move for Calgary because the fit makes sense. They need that secondary scoring. I feel like that was their – that was a glaring weakness, and they probably have more. But I like that they did it early, and I think, you know what, it gives them a bump. Am I ready to say that they're better than the Leafs right now? I think what gives them the edge is goaltending, but I think the Leafs still have the more well-rounded team, which Daryl Sellers', Sellers system works for them, and as long as they stick to it, it makes them a dangerous team to play against. I just think when you look at how the Leafs played against them, and over yeah. a seven-game series, that's a lot to ask for You know, Jacob Markstrom to you know face that many shots because I think the Leafs can play to – they can play to an opponent like the Flames. They just got to get some luck. And get get a couple more past the goaltender. Yeah, uh, wear and tear though is, is is a hell of a thing once you get to the playoffs too. Which is what happened in that game. I think you know Calgary imposed their will quite early and often, mm-hmm. and then it got to a point where Toronto just kind of you know a second behind because they're wincing to to try and absorb that that uh, that shot or they're wincing to try and absorb that hit. They're not quite going as full tilt into the corners. You know, I, I think I, I like what they're doing out in Calgary, to be honest with you. I think this might, as of now, I think Toronto, if they can make a move to improve their blue line, then I think you could probably make the conversation that Toronto is the more well-rounded and better team. But I think this really does, because I like what they got on their blue line. I think they definitely have the advantage in, in net. And you look at that top line, as, as well as the, the Leafs' top line is rolling right now, Marner, Matthews, and Bunting, the top line of Lindholm, Kachuk, and Goudreau were the hottest lines in hockey. Um, their expected goals percentage is like 70%. Yeah. 70% expected goal share. It's it's insane. <laughs> Literally insane. And then you add Tyler Toffoli into the mix to, to slot alongside Mangiapani and Backlund, you that allows you to move Blake Coleman to the third line. I really do think that this is a, a pretty big pickup for for the Calgary Flames, and they gave up quite a lot. First round pick, fifth rounder, a, a prospect that was taken in the second round in 2020. You know, they gave up a decent little haul, and is this going to get the the market moving now? Like, you think we'll start to see a few more deals start to trickle in here, and, and you know, Kyle Dubas typically likes to work pretty early in deadlines. You know, he likes to get his work, his shopping done a little bit early. It was around late January, early February that the Jack Campbell trade came in, that the Muzzin trade came in. I wonder if now this is kind of the first domino to fall. Could we potentially see a couple more players get moved in, in the coming days here, maybe even in the next week or two, see a couple more guys find some new zip codes i think the important thing here is who's who traded to fully right the montreal canadians are the clear-cut sellers in this trade deadline 
Yeah. You know, they they got a, they got a, quite a few pieces that will go either now or in the off season, like some some long term deals. So, I think that's the that's the big step right there. It's a team that is known to be a seller. When are they pulling the trigger on deals? I think they got what exactly what they wanted, or you know, a good enough deal for Tafoli. Like, let's just do it because you know, if we wait, we might not get that deal. Well, I think they'll get the deal, but I think they also sat there and they saw Ben Sherratt avoid a big time scare. Yeah. Looks like he's just going to be up for a week, but I don't think it's a coincidence that two days after the Sherratt injury scare, they finally pulled the trigger and they're like, okay, let's move this guy. We got what we're asking for. I think it's worth, let's just move him, get him out of there. And so that we can get that return. I mean, who knows? Three days from now, Tyler Toffoli could have hit a, you know, hit a rut in the ice and shatter his ankle. All of a sudden, you're not getting a first round pick in this draft. Not a chance. You're not getting that for for Tyler Toffoli, an injured Tyler Toffoli. So you know, you, you, you kind of you can wait it out and try and see if you can get a better deal. But sometimes you, you risk injury doing that, like they did with Ben Sherratt. But I think Sherratt eventually. He, should only be out of, for about a week and yeah, will get dealt. He, he's someone too that Toronto uh, reportedly had some interest in. There's a bunch so of Calgary. Calgary reportedly did have some interest as well. I would imagine that, like, if they were going to do a deal, like a big deal, probably would have done the both at the same time. No, I, I wonder if salary though, because you have to make the salary work, and you know, Calgary may have to figure things out on that end. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're if you're Montreal, you don't. I don't know if you want to do pa- a package deal like that because you might get a better offer for one of the guys elsewhere. And you know, if the deal's right for both of them, sure. But I think you always want to try to maximize the return for multiple player for a player like Sherrod, who there's not going to be many defensemen on the market. And I think I think Montreal knows that, and they're going to try to play that. But as you said, I don't know how much. A defenseman that plays a physical style like Sherratt, I don't know how off, how much you want to dangle that close to the trade deadline. And unfortunately for the trade center shows, that's not gonna be <laughs> that's not good for them to hear. But you also know that you can't run the risk of losing out on an asset that you know Montreal is gonna need as many assets, especially with the most in the draft. They gotta give something for the crowd to cheer about uh, when that right. happens. Right, it's gonna be in Montreal too, so definitely gonna to want to do that. Um, before we go, maybe this could be a little bit of sneak peek to maybe tomorrow's episode. But I think since it's it's now trade season, is there one defenseman that you kind of are pinpointing as the guy that who you think could come in and help the Maple Leafs top four? Just give me one guy, and then. Maybe tomorrow we can do like a full wish list for uh, for who we think we would like, uh, more of a power ranking type of situation. But who's the guy who you are kind of circling in as the guy who can lead Toronto into uh, kind of take that next level and get into that Stanley Cup contender status? I, I've been debating this, and there's, there's like that's the, the problem is, is like I think they're not going to get one that's expiring. I think they're going to want to try to get someone that's got a little bit of term. The guy I got my eye on is Scott Mayfield because yeah. he's he's got a reasonable contract. He's you know somewhat because you're looking for an upgrade on the second pairing. 
I think he does bring some of that stability that would be needed. And if you're going to go out and get someone, you already know that salary is the biggest uh, issue that the Leafs are going to try to go through. And his name's come up a few times. And the Islanders are at a point I think they're going to have to try to uh, get some assets. And, you know, Lou's gonna, Lou ain't going to mess around, right? He's going to try to do what he can to get the Islanders back on track. He's His, his blue line has been deplenished a little bit with moves over the last few years. But I think if he can... I think if you're the Leafs, you try to target someone with some term. He's right now someone I got my eye on. Yeah, I think Scott Mayfield's certainly somebody who's high up on my wish list. But uh, as I said, tomorrow. So make sure that you're subscribed and you can hear the full wish list from both Dave and I on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Leafs. But I think we'll leave it right there for today. Uh, thank you for listening uh, to the podcast and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morsuti. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs on Twitter. And also follow and subscribe on YouTube, Locked on Leafs. Uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Like I said, looks like we're going to do some trade deadline talk. A little bit of a little bit of speculation. Ain't nothing wrong with speculating with five weeks to go to the deadline. So that's what we have in store for tomorrow. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leaves.